Have I not told you? Call on me, and I will answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not, says the Spirit of God. Great and mighty things that you know not, says the Spirit of God. The great and the mighty is yet to be revealed, says the Spirit of God. For where the enemy would bring chaos and bring confusion, and he's strutting his might, and he's attempting to show his might, it's very small from where I sit. It's real small from where I sit, says the Lord. So come up on a little higher and, and view things with me where I am. Get a better view, says the, get a better view, says the Spirit of God. For I have a view that will blow your mind, says the Spirit of the Living God. But for while the earth is trying to move in chaos, and especially my United States of America, I said my. United States of America. I gave birth to this nation, says the Spirit of God. I planted it, and what I plant, no pluck says no man can pluck up, says the Spirit of the Living God. When I plant it, I mean plant it, and when I plant it, I cause it to grow. And if something's grown in it that I don't want in it, I pluck it up, I cut it off, I cast it down, I cast it in the fire to burn, says the Spirit of God. And watch the great and mighty thing that I do on top of what the devil's doing in the earth. Watch the great and mighty thing that I do. Because I let him have his day. I let him do his thing. I let him steal. I let him cheat. I let him scatter people. I let him lie to people. And then I come and I do my thing, says the Spirit. Have I not told you? Wait until the dust settles, says. Wait until the dust settles. Wait until the dust settles. Wait until the dust settles. And when the dust settles, says the Lord, I and my bride will be the last man standing. Says this, well, I'll be the last man standing. And I'll bring with me those who want to stand with me, says the Spirit of God. So determine in your heart today who you love. Says this, determine in your heart today who you love, says the Lord. Who do you love? If you love this whole world and the things of the world, I got news for you. You'll be very disappointed, says the Lord. For what I have for you, you've got to carry it in your heart until I make it manifest, says the Lord. So carry this within your heart today, says the Lord. Wait until the dust settles. And when it settles, I will be the last man standing. Wait until I come and show you the great and mighty thing that you have never seen on this fashion before, says the Spirit of the living God. For all who will not bow to me in this time, in this age, in this generation, I'll deal with says the Lord. No, I want you to buy nothing. I want you to lose nothing. I'll deal with it myself, 
says the Lord, because the devil has played his last hand in trying to take this nation from me, says the Lord. You've seen this before. One world rule, tower, Babel, whatever you want to call it. This has been around before. What did I do to it? I crushed it, says the Lord, says the Spirit of the living God. So wait, just watch and see. Just watch and see, says the Lord. I'll show you great and mighty things. You have no idea what I'm going to do. Because when it comes, people are going to gasp. People are going to be fainting. People are going to be jumping out of windows. People are going to be doing all kind of things, says the Lord. Because they will say, ooh, I never saw it on this fashion before. And that's my calling card, says the Spirit of the living God. People will marvel and say, I never saw it like this before. I can't believe all this happened in this little place, says the Lord. But it will happen because I have said it will happen. Mark my words. I'm a man of my word. But none of my word has ever failed. And this won't fail either, says the Spirit of the living God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 All ears will tingle when they hear this, says the Lord. When I do things, I do things big. Because I'm big. Can't help myself. I'm just big. (laughs) I'm just big. Amen. I'm just big, says the Lord. When I do this thing, I will do it big because my mark will be on it. And they will look at it and they'll say, this must be the work of God. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. 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 Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's always a good time to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Even if you're the mouse that runs from corner to corner. (laughs) He's glad to be in here too. So praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk today about what it means to walk by faith. Amen. To walk by faith. And I know we talk about faith a lot, um, but not too much. Amen. Can never talk about God's word too much. And we need to live by faith every day. In fact, we are commanded that that scripture that says we walk by faith and not by sight is really more of a command and an assumption that this is what we're here to do Uh, we walk by sight already and we walked out of stuff and we walked into the kingdom amen (laughs) i'm glad i walked out of the world into god's kingdom doing the best i can to live as a citizen of heaven amen on loan down here to earth for the time that I'm here. So we're going to talk about that and, and get an understanding of what we can do to um, guide our steps or let the Lord guide our steps in the way that we should go. Uh, to be able to um, understand what God's doing in the earth today and to play our part. See, everybody has a part to play. 
Uh, we're not waiting for anything to happen so that we know what part we have to play. Uh, the one who guides us lives inside of us. So you can check in any day and get your instructions. You can check in any time you want to and get your little marching orders, get clarification, whatever it is that you need. Uh, you can receive that from God. But God also wants us to stay encouraged as we work for him. I think there's nothing worse than to have discouraged troops. Amen. And so he comes to always encourage us in the way that we should go. We did the offering, right? Sister Johnson, why are you bugging her? She ain't the offering lady. I know. I'm messing with her. But anyway, did you hear the prophecy? See, I was going to say everybody came. I can I can check everybody off as safe. Amen. Well, you get it. You will. We'll give it to you before you. I know. I know. You, I know. But sometimes you want it fresh. You know what I'm saying? You want fresh. But, yeah, we got, <laughs> we always have it on tape. So, anyway. All right. While we pray, Father, we thank you for your word and understanding that comes from your spirit and from your word. And we thank you, Lord. For blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us, strengthening us, guaranteeing our success with your blood. So we thank you, Lord, for this blood covenant. We're going to walk in our portion of it. And we thank you, Lord, for guiding us and leading us in the way we should go. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen and praise God. So um, turn to Matthew chapter 14 and we'll we'll get started. <clears throat> This is the story of Peter walking on water. Amen. Praise God. It's always good to read the Bible with a spiritual eye instead of, you know, in your own natural little mind. Of course, we go back and forth with that. But many times people come out of this scripture with a negative report about Peter. Amen. But until you've tried it yourself. Amen. And you know how to work it and do it right. You have no room to criticize somebody else. Amen. Who tried something. <clears throat> so um, uh, many people have many ideas about what uh, was going on with Peter. Uh, why he wanted out of the boat. There are a lot of stories and a lot of reasons. But the Bible doesn't tell us motivation sometimes. It just gives us facts and then we can draw our own conclusions in the Holy Spirit. One of the thoughts is that Peter was just glad to see Jesus and saw Jesus as his security and his safety and uh, just really wanted out of the difficulty he was in. And so that's one aspect of relationship with God. But then there's an aspect of relationship with God that goes a little deeper that sometimes isn't so easily revealed to us. One of the things that we can know about this is that when uh, Jesus, when Peter saw Jesus, we don't know why he wanted out of that boat. But we have to assume that being with Jesus was a better place than where he was. So that's the way we live. Amen. That's that's our story. That's our testimony. We came to Christ because we saw him as a better place than where we were. But there is the world out there that's constantly pulling at us, drawing at us, nagging at us, 
and getting our attention away from the Lord. So this is a story that you can easily apply to yourself and apply to your own life as to you can identify with Peter in a sense. Amen. If the world is treating you badly like that the the weather was on that ship that Peter was in, you want out the ship. Amen. And so we all got out the ship and came to Christ because we thought, well, we might as well try this because this is probably better. But see, once you get out of the world and you start walking with God, the world is constantly talking to you, beckoning you to come back. The world will either seduce you with its goods and with what it has to offer you, or it will try to scare you into letting go of Jesus and forgetting about what he called you to do, what he told you to do, what you're supposed to be doing in the next five minutes for him, all of that. And so it's called distraction, but but the other part of it is that it the distraction has to be strong enough and make a strong enough bid for your attention to grab you. And so what we are lo- doing and learning as we walk by faith is to not allow the things of this life and the things of the world to have such a strong attraction on us that it pulls us away from what God has called us to do. Little by little, it's losing its grip on people. You got me? If you stay with God and you stay with the the mandate he gave you and the word and all of those things, little by little, the world loses its grip on you. It loses its your, you lose your taste for it, the desire for the things of this life, which are temporal and temporary, start to dissipate and fall the more you focus on what God has for you. That's why people get in the word. That's why people pray. That's why people run to the, the Bible as their refuge. Amen. That's why they're consistent in church. That's why they do things to make sure the church remains the church. You know what I'm saying? And you know, don't abandon this one and run across town and run, abandon this and run across town this way. People get committed and consistent because they understand that that what feeds them is what they need to support. They need to encourage. They need to believe it prospers and it flourishes. Amen. And so there is a reciprocal relationship that develops between God and his people his ministers, his structure for taking care of his people. Amen. So that's that's a relationship that must be kept if the life of faith is going to be successful for us. Amen. you got to keep that. Now, it seems like normal to us to think that way, but it's not really. Because there are so many people falling away now and have fallen away from the faith. That it's got to be that in a way the world is kind of winning and gaining. Just a little bit anyway. Amen. And so when we see the world winning and gaining, there is a refuge that we can go to and that's back to Jesus. Just like Peter did. So Peter stepped out of that boat and he there are some things that happened I want to draw your attention to. Let me see where I want to go with this. Peter went from 
commanding the elements, you need to understand that. When he walked out of the boat, let me read that passage, and then I can, that's what I want to do, sum it up. I didn't write it like that, but praise God. In um, Matthew chapter 14, and we'll start in 22. Straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the even was come, he was there alone. So what he sent them on had to have been something like a six-hour trip, looks like. Amen. Because he had time to do all of these things and pray and and uh, take, care, take care of his business, you know, as they say. And so as he does this, he's already, though, given instruction to the disciples to meet him somewhere. Now, if God tells you to meet him somewhere and you set out to do it, if you're going in faith, you've got enough faith to get you to where Jesus said you were going to go. I don't care what happens in between. If you believe what he tells you, you have the ability by faith to make it to where he sends you. Not a detour. Not to cuz house. You understand what I'm saying? You have enough faith to get, you see what I'm saying? So easily we're distracted when we walk by faith and not by sight. See, sight is cousin sent you a text and say, girl, you got to come over here. So and so and such. Huh? And see, when we have these situations, where we set up in our hearts and our minds to do something and go somewhere and be somewhere. And when we get there, we run into somebody that needs prayer or God opens the door for you to minister to them. What do you, what, what do you think is happening when you go to Cuz's house? What about that person in the supermarket? Amen. That was there when you left 10 minutes after you left and you would have got there exactly at 310. But you decide you ain't going to tomorrow. I'll put it off. I'll go tomorrow. What do you think that person's doing now? That one you were so happy, 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 happy that you got a chance to witness to somebody and minister. That should be an everyday occurrence for everybody. You understand? I'm I'm serious, folks. But see, what happens is that we think these things should be rare and they should be every day. I'm going to say it again. Just because they're rare, that don't mean they should be rare. But because we're they're rare, we think they shouldn't happen every day, but that they, they should happen every day. We got enough saints around with testimonies to prove that. There's some people who say, you know, I would just get up every morning and say, God, show them to me. And they would get out of the house and stay on course, and, and God would always put somebody in their path. That that uh, book we, we studied, Crowns for the Wise, in our empowerment uh, teachings. That guy had so many people that he'd won to the Lord and knew other people that had the same testimony. Birds of a feather kind of 
You know what I'm saying? Which is another sermon, but I won't go there. But but Peter went from commanding to the elements to crying out for his own salvation. Then how does that happen? That's that's what we're going to find out. So so in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus already gave them instructions. They've got enough faith to to do it because they get in the boat. You see, once you step foot one into obedience to God, you've got the faith to continue until the end of the line. But that doesn't say there might be other things popping up in your face to tell you you don't, you're not going to get there. So the whole thing is for everybody to stay focused on getting to, to see happen what God told them is going to happen. Jesus wasn't iffy about it. He didn't tell them, well, you know, if you survive the storm, you'll get there. He didn't even mention no storm. And he knows everything long before it happens. But what he tells them is you will get to the other side and I'm telling you, I'll meet you when you get over there. He says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves and the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went to them walking on the sea when the disciples saw him walking they were troubled and thought it was a ghost he said be of good cheer it's me don't be scared it's interesting when fear is already looming Fear has no limits to what it will send your way to make you more scared. I tell you right now, if you think fear has a limit and it's going to go away on its own and not bug you no more. See, the elements already had them afraid. Huh? You see all the little white knuckles on the the oars trying to row. Amen. And so because fear already has them afraid, they're already geared up and a little more fear. You ever been like that? You're like, well, I do watch too much ID network, I confess. But you ever be like, oh, I'm just going to watch a little bit and get my ID fixed. You know, you just, I just want a little bit of scare on me. I'm just being honest now. You know, I know I'm going to get a, a good mystery and it's going to be solved at the end, but I got to get my adrenaline fixed. When you get my age, you'll understand more what I'm talking about if y'all don't understand me and thinking about y'all. But, you know, your little ears get tantalized a little bit and you and then you sit there and watch it for too long. And then every noise in the house is somebody breaking in. It's, oh, Lord, how'd I get here? You slam all the doors. Poor Coco don't know what's going on. Well, she sleeps hard, and it's a good thing because she'd be worked up to, you know, barking and everything. But you know how it is when you're already at a certain level, anxiety-wise, fear-wise, emotion, adrenaline, and then something comes on top of it to cap you off amen and that's what's happening here there's already peril because there's a storm that's on them now 
and so when they see jesus they don't even recognize him if somebody can help them oh lord it's a it's a ghost out here we're gonna start we're on top of being scared we just start hallucinating lord huh i gotta get me another pill the devil does that to us it like kick you when you down that's his calling card and so they have fear now on top of fear but when jesus comes he says one word and everybody's cool because peter when after jesus says don't be afraid it's me huh that settles everything I don't care what you're up against. I don't care who's trying to put you out of where, what they call themselves doing to your credit, how how little you got in your, it, when, when God tells you to fear not, you don't fear. It's a peace of God that passes all understanding. So to be honest with you, if he said fear not, that should have made in the boat cool. But somehow Peter makes up his mind. He wants to come out and go where Jesus is. Maybe just hearing him say, don't be afraid wasn't enough to calm him down. He figures if he gets out and gets closer, he will be calm. But what you going to do about ain't no boat out there on the water? Huh? So it looks like a crazy call from where we're sitting. But when fear has you geared up and stirred up and turned up and turned around, you'll walk on on a bed of coals to get somewhere. Amen. And so here you got Peter. He's out there on the water now. And he answered him, verse 28, and said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there on the water. There is a certain peace that we get from God that only God can give us. It looks like everybody else got that, received that, because they stayed put, but Peter didn't. Peter didn't, or he would have stayed put. If you look at God as your refuge and you look at at him as your help, you'll run to him. That's just normal to do. Whoever you look to as your help, you'll run to where you are thinking where you they are is your only security. But to be honest with you, your security is in his word. In the fact that he told you that he would do a certain thing or he told you you could do a certain your security is in god's word more than in his presence now we all know how to feel god huh feel him in my hands i feel him in my feet i feel him all you know the deal but can be dumb as two rocks when it comes to living by faith Come on now, seriously, folks. Huh? You can feel people but not feel them. You know? (laughs) And all the married people said, (laughs) I confess. Huh? You know what I'm saying. Husband said, are you listening to me? Yeah, baby, I'm listening to you. (laughs) You got busted, cold busted again. 
But in this walk of faith, sight is forbidden. 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 It's not excusable. It's not normal. You can't make excuses for it. You can't pet it and keep it around. In this walk of faith, sight sight is forbidden. Why? We have a greater sight within us that God uses to guide the justified. When the Bible says the just shall live by faith, that means you don't need nothing to go along with it. Faith alone will get you everything you need. It will get you to every place you need to go. It will get you every return on everything that you need. You just have to keep walking by faith. Keep moving by faith. Keep faith upon you at all. Keep speaking it out. Keep declaring what God has told you by faith. Justified people are purified people. That means that there's nothing wrong with you. If you think your faith isn't working, repent and get out of doubt. And understand it's not your faith after all. It's the faith of the Son of God. There's nothing wrong with Jesus' faith. And as long as you stay in that zone and stay in the word and stay in obedience to what he's given you to do, you will get to the other side. You'll get what God has for you. You'll get the things that he has laid up for you. So when something is happening in your life, you're trusting God for one thing or another. You believe in God for this, believe in God for that. And time goes by. And it hasn't manifested yet. It hasn't come to pass for you in the natural realm where you live. An inappropriate question to ask would be, what's wrong? Why is it taking so long? If you're living by faith and you're justified, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with the prayer you prayed. Nothing's wrong with your faith. What it is now, it's doubt, again, masquerading as legitimate questions. Because people who live by faith, nothing's ever wrong. I know that sounds real far-fetched, but get used to it. We some far-fetched people. (laughs) Honey, you got to be far-fetched to stay living, be on two feet, You understand what I'm saying? And not be broke, crippled, crazy for stuff the devil brings against us. So we are justified people. You know what that means? That means nothing's wrong with you. There's nothing being held against you. There's nothing wrong with your prayers. There's nothing wrong with your faith. There's nothing wrong with you, period. Sight is forbidden. We said that. There's no charges against us. No priors. Nobody looking for you to pay for that dime bag you cheated them out of. Don't be scared to drive down their street. 
I always go this way now. You know, I'm saved. Now, this is the way saved people drive. No, don't be afraid. Amen. Nobody's holding any charges against you. Jacob cheated his brother out of everything. He stripped his brother blind. And many years went by, enough, but 30 years went by enough for him, both of them, to grow up and have a northern life but jacob was still when he heard his brother was coming to meet him he was scared to death amen but when he met him his brother was glad to see him reconcile wanted to give him more stuff as though he ain't let him steal enough he wanted to give him more stuff i guess he said this time you won't have to steal it look crook but he avoided his brother all those years thinking there was still something wrong with their relationship Listen, when God justifies you, he does a total job. You're justified backwards, forwards, coming, going. Faith means we believe God. Sight means we don't believe. I know we got think we got scriptures for, you know, give me a token for good. Okay, you got that. But you still got to, you know, you still got to use your faith. <laughs> if I could just see a little something, I'd feel better. Yeah, I know you would. Me too. But I ain't living by feelings no more. I'm trying to forget about feelings. I'm trying to live by faith. Because that's the higher realm to live in. You imagine living in a, a realm where nothing anybody says against you bothers you. Nothing anybody did to you in the past comes up as a bad memory and, you know, gives you a little heartburn, a heart attack or what. You know what I'm saying. That's no priors. You don't even have a prior history of anything. Now, don't go out of here with criminal intent and say, my pastor was talking about, I'll just, you know, keep living by faith, y'all, okay? Many people walk by hope, hoping it's faith. You know how it is. You start out to get something. Oh, yeah, God told me. I'm going to get mucky, 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 muck. Huh? You, You get to the door of mucky, muck, you know, auto department or, you know, whatever. You know, car dealership. Uh-huh. Mucky, 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 muck. And you get in there and a the salesman see you coming. They got stronger devils than you would believe. They know how to look you over, pick you apart, know just what to tell you. Huh? They don't like lending money and recommending lending money to people they know are going to default uh, that's why when drug dealers and criminals go in they go with a bag of money in the trunk of the car they driving huh and don't pull it out until they decide what they want huh <laughs> you think they looking for credit they ain't looking for nothing but a car huh
But you know, we go and just got we get ourselves all stuffed out at home. Instead of getting full of faith, getting the word, read. Don't pull the trigger until God tells you to. We make up our mind today is the day. Uh-huh. Go into Mucky Muck car dealership. I'm going to get the one. I want a brand new one off the floor in the window. Huh? That big red one sitting out there. Huh? By the time that salesman gets through looking you, you want to walk by what? Huh? They make you feel like that. You know, you shrink. You know, your psych out shrinks to uh-huh by the time they get through with you you're just ready to receive anything they got what happened to your faith for the red one on the floor and the window brand new huh because you're walking by sight you think those people had the power to let you have that car and i'm gonna tell you they don't huh everybody falls for that you took the power right out of hands of god and put it in the hands of man so you wind up getting what you hope for instead of what your faith what as flimsy as it was you know instead of what your faith told you you're supposed to have See what I'm saying? And see, we look at things. They make people, they pay people to shine them cars up every day. So they're going to look pretty. I don't care what day it is. That car going to look like everything to you. And once you go in there, they got people to disarm you. Salesmen are good, honey. Listen, I used to sell stuff. They put you through so many training classes of how to techniques and because we all think we got faith. We gonna go in there. We got our story already. No, I'm not taking nothing but what I came for. By the time they start stripping you of everything and telling you, oh, no, that one's not for sale anymore. That's the first thing they tell you. Whatever it is you want, I don't care if you're looking at it right there in the showroom, that ain't yours. We'll show you what's yours. You got me? That's the devil's tactic. So if you let that go in that ear and you're not really in faith, you get to thinking, well, maybe God didn't tell me. Oh, maybe I should get. Oh. And I, you know you're nervous. Everybody nervous about their credit all the time. I don't care what you. Huh? They even tell you you can go on them, them credit report websites and fix it up yourself. And you don't even do it. You're scared to go on there and find out what they really think about you. So you either going to be in faith and get what you came for. Or are you going to let the devil work you over? Huh? 
you know you start out at the what dealership what's what's hot these days <laughs> you know, whatever and by the time you're down at kia with them of course that's supposed to be a hot car now all the stuff that we thought was not that great you understand what i'm saying so it'll diminish you and diminish you because people in the world are looking for a certain kind of person and god's people seldom fit that bill you understand what i'm saying because god's not going to dress you up and make you look like their prime suspect because they treat them worse you're going to have to live like look like somebody who's depending on god for what you get amen and that's when the help of god will kick in to help you let me tell you about the help of god i guess i gotta leave peter for a minute he gonna be there he gonna be the be on the water in the boat can leave him out there amen question if 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 many people walk by hope hoping it's faith so we that's where we are when we find out it's not faith then what do we do number one you need to check your desire because hope always puts you either let me tell you what hope will do it'll it'll either put you over your faith level or under it it's never on target with your faith so hope will put you oh i gotta have you thank god for my 20s on my escalade (laughs) i forgot that song you know and you know y'all know mine is like what 12 years old right baba don't go over her head if you knew my age you'd say well that's a good number for you you know what i'm saying but i looked on there i said i was looking at the tires because i think i need new tires this year and so i want new tires because i don't like slipping and sliding around on nothing when it's you know it gets slippery out here and y'all don't want to see me driving that thing sliding around (laughs) you better flip you into a tongue you ain't never prayed before Uh so i look on there i'm trying to read on the side of the tire so i go online and see what i'm looking for what it's gonna cost howard mr dillard told me he said yeah the last ones we got cost so i said what they cost that now i'm still like in the land of when they cost a hundred dollars a tire and that was a lot i don't know what i've been riding on but anyway but i'm trying to i thought you know michelin that's something i'm familiar with you know some and i see a little pea sitting up there I said oh my goodness what's this on here and it's a 22 inches so i told howard i said can i get some 15s <laughs> okay don't be so rough and i see all these numbers pirelli this and numbers stamped on there and i said no we might just have to get us some <laughs> I was going to call Walmart. I said, I guess I want me to call it. Yeah, that's my price range right up in there. Yeah, I guess I will have to call Mr. Pirelli. But you know what? My heart sank. <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking about the dollars I got to shell out. Thinking about all this other stuff. Twenties, uh, tens, I don't care as long as I don't have to go deep pocket to get them. So even if you start out wrong, you can end up right. 
that's what I want to tell you about your faith. So, so you need to check your desire. How was this desire conceived? You understand what I'm saying? This is like the DNA test for your faith. You caught it, didn't you? It depends on who you've been close to. You understand what I'm saying? How you got it. If you live close to God, then that's the faith of God will carry you through to get that. If you've just been in your crazy head and thinking you can get some 15s on the 22. <laughs> yeah, just pray for me. I'll pray for me. But... Uh, You'll come up with an answer that's it's not going to manifest. So you're going to have to cash that in. Whatever you conceived, totally in your flesh, just out of desire, and I want it, and I got to have it, and when I get it, I'm going to look like this, I'm going to look like that, and you know, all that kind of stuff. You're going to have to trade that in for the faith of God. Because that's going to disappoint you every single time. Amen? When you say you want God to to open the door for you for a promotion at your job, and then you wind up in a familiar setting in your job, you understand you thought you left that department way behind, and now it's it's a promotion. You got to go back where you came from, huh? You got to check and see. Well, did God really tell me that? And if that's God, that's God. Step into it. But if you find out that it's not God, you got to find out. How you conceived of that idea and renew your mind to get you to quit thinking like you've been thinking. Amen. God, show me what you have for me that my faith will bring in here with no stress on me. You know how I like to live. You know, I like to eat as well as drive. You understand what I'm saying? So check out how that idea was conceived, how that desire was conceived. Did it come from God's word or just what you want? Do you really want God to give it to you or do you just want it? And see, this is where people get in big trouble. Because many people just want it, they don't care. And see, they bypass their supernatural faith. And continue to live in the natural realm. And they and they love God. And they come to church. And they do everything else. But they refuse to trade in the old for the better. They, re- they refuse to trade in what they're familiar with for God's best. They refuse to trade it in. And see that's why many times people, Christians can claim they are prosperous. God's blessing me. Look what I got. I get so sick of looking at car notes masquerading as a blessing. I'm going to scream in my pillow. Ah! Okay, I'm done. I get sick of it. Because I ain't got nothing no more than any sinner can get. They got notes. Come on Facebook and brag when you got a brand new and don't have a note. 
And you got a house you own, a roof over your head, and a good job. You know what I'm saying? Let's cut this nonsense out. They used to give you 45 days to lie about your brand new car. Now I hear it's 30. Remember 45 days before they sent you a payment notice? Now you only get a month. The Syrophoenician woman started off wrong and ended up right. She's got something that we can look at. Turn to Mark chapter 7. See, that's why I tell you there's hope. You can start out wrong and turn out right. Peter started out okay and it just went disaster from there. But this lady, in verse uh, Mark 7 verse 24 from thence he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. And a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. She was a Greek, in other words, a Gentile. She was not a Hebrew, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. She said, yeah, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs from your table. He said, for this saying, go your way. The devil has gone out of your daughter. Amen. When she came to her daughter, daughter was, was healed. The devil was gone from her. So she got what she came desired. When this lady first came to Jesus, her if if her faith had been what it was supposed to be jesus would have said yes to her the first time you got it now how many of us head out to get mucky muck car and we get turned down no that's common you got me if you go home and get upset about it and you sulk about it and you say well i guess i can't have my car if god told you that thing was yours something inside of you will start to stir you and tell you to get up and look again it'll tell you to get up and go again that's faith that's how justified people live but god they turned me down and i was nervous and i don't like going in there we'll go online carvana Whoever else is out there, I mean, come on now. God has a way for you to, you don't just have to go up and talk to nobody. You talk to a piece of screen and get what you want. But faith, when it first starts out, isn't adequate. The thing you don't know and I don't know is which one of them times it'll be adequate. So what we see here is in this situation with this lady, she's in a, um, what I can say, a compression of time. With you and I, these things may happen over the course of a month, two months, a year. Sometimes we'll put it off and before we start listening to God again, a whole year will have gone by and we didn't get what we said we went out there to get. You understand what I'm saying? My thing is the quicker you get up and try it again, the more successful you will probably be 
because it looks like faith grows with the number of attempts you make even though they don't work out the way you think they should so when you say the just shall live by faith you can't faith is not going to allow you pride to feel like a wealthy person going in there and you know you shouldn't be in there because your credit is shot you ain't got no down payment and you can't even lie about it huh Well, this lady did in a uh, in one instance, one situation, is what it takes some of us months and years to do, and that is to continue to press with what faith we have. See, faith has a quality about it that says you can't quit. It has a quality about it that says I won't let you quit. You ever have that inside of you? You want to quit doing something and it just keeps telling you and you better go do this. You know, girl, you better go, huh? That's the faith of the son of God. That's not ordinary. That's not something that you can just conjure up on your own and hope you can. it'll be okay when you get there. Faith is something that makes you determined to see it come to pass. So here this woman tells him, uh, I know I'm getting something because I'm staying here until I get it. See, Jesus likes that kind of determination in people. He likes it when you somebody says to you, um, well, we, we don't have that car and we don't have this and we can't do it. We'll call your manager. Huh? See, that's what they all fear, is that you'll ask to speak to somebody who's not necessarily a salesman. Because a salesman is looking at his pocket and the manager is looking at everybody's pocket. Because he got to provide for everybody. Huh? So don't be afraid to go over some, and you don't have to be that. Now don't be going, pull, reaching in like you got something in there. You know how you brother and you sisters do sometimes. You come in there with that locked and loaded look on them and <laughs> it being called security so fast but you know what i'm saying you don't have to get just be what god called you to be amen and when you ask him for somebody in authority act like you have authority to speak to them amen not can please can i see you please nothing just no i'm you know i'm done talking to you you want this deal i'll do it through your manager bye how act like you know you're supposed to have something that's why this lady did she rebuked jesus huh he'd been rebuking her the whole time she rebuked him back she said really (laughs) and she cracked the code huh See, there's a code for getting your faith in there to do what you wanted to do. And she cracked it. Her code was don't quit. You already think these people think you know. It's just like at the car dealership. These people don't think much of you. Amen. I don't care what kind of car they're selling in there. 
Anytime you go to face salespeople, they all make you feel the same way. They had that thing about them. Amen. Says uh, rule number one: disarm the client. Huh? And they teach you tricks for how to put people off balance, so you can get more money out of them. If you're only going to spend a certain amount, make sure you let them know that. Say, no, I'm not going over that. I'm not. That ain't my price. And mean it. Don't get so in love with something. You just go, oh, let me have it. So she began with a complaint and was rebuked. She tried to worship him and was rebuked. Then she rebuked Jesus and got what she wanted. Huh? Sometimes you need to say something like, you know what, God, I know you told me to do this. I know you're for me. I know you're not against me. I know there's nothing wrong with my faith because my faith, you gave me the faith that I have. And there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my relationship with you. And you better be right when you say that. Because, see, with normal people, when something ain't working right, that's where we put it on pause. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. If I did so, please, Lord, forgive me. I just, you know, you know how we do. And you're supposed to do it. Amen. I know I wasn't supposed to cuss my boss out, but you go in there to buy something and worried about your next paycheck. God turns raw desire into the God kind of faith if you let him have it. Now, let me tell you what religious people do. They think if they let go of something, that means they don't have faith. Huh? I'm going to say it again. They think if they let, oh, I know I'm supposed to have so-and-so and so-and-so. No, no, no. God told me. I'm Listen, let go of it. What you're striving, if God gave it to you already, what you in strife about it for? Huh? Let it go. See, we flip the, flip the vision and try to be right instead of trying to get God's best. You can't have both of them at the same time. So you're going to have to decide what you want. Do I want what God's best or do I want my pride and, and don't want to let it go and don't want to admit maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I need to go back repray. If you do find out you're wrong about it, continue to pray. Don't just drop it and say you don't want it anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're lying. You do. If you wanted it once, you won't still want it. And especially if God put it in your heart, all he's doing is rerouting your desire and putting it over into his kingdom by your spirit so he can bring it to pass for you. That's all he's doing. He's trading the, the iron for the brass and the brass for the gold and the gold, the silver for the gold. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's trading in your desires purified so he can give them to you. When we walk by faith, favor is ours. Now, favor's a little funny because nobody knows exactly what it is. We know 
the results of it mostly. Many times we, and it's safe to assume that you have it because it's not earned. See, it's, it's, un, you can't put a price on it. You can't, you can't make a formula for how to walk in favor. You walk by faith and then favor becomes a byproduct of your faith. Amen. So one of the things that you got to remind yourself of when you go to Mucky Muck car dealership, is that favor will be there to meet you as long as you stand in faith. And what the devil is going to try to do is strip you of all of that when you come. First thing he takes away from you is your favor. Because you can't see it, you can't detect it. All you can do is know the results of it. You can't smell it, you don't, you know, you can't put it on like perfume. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know it comes to you undeserved. Un, un, it, it's just a, a grace thing where God looks down and decides to slap it on you. Huh? Mary, when she was chosen to be the mother of Jesus, blessed and highly favored. My Catholic girls, let's hold it today. Okay, I don't think we have time for <laughs> You know what I'm saying. She was favored by God. We don't get a history of her upbringing. Thank God we don't. Because then you can know you could have it too. But we assume she's a godly woman because she's a Hebrew and God has selected her from. But it's a lot of godly women running around there then. Why her? How do you know he didn't knock on some other girl's door? She said no. Just a thought. So when when God's favor is upon you, it makes faith long lasting. It stretches faith out over a long. And see, we think if we don't get it the first time we ask for it, it ain't coming. But I'm telling you, if you understand that favor is married to faith favor is in two realms it's with God and with man so when you have favor with God it automatically transfers on to man so that when you go in and have to meet these people instead of feeling like a dwarf and a midget some of my best friends are short (laughs) you understand what i'm saying instead of feeling that way favor makes you feel like well i want to talk to the manager huh that's favor because you don't fear him that's the other line where where if the the salesman feels like he has to take your right down your offer anyway you tell him i can't do this you say no i can't pay that for it you got to get within this price range for me He begins to use the manager then as a weapon against you. Now think about it. What what do they tell you? I don't know about this. Boy, this is so far off. I got to go talk to my manager. No, you ask for the manager first and put him on the defense. Because that manager belongs to you. When you go, if you have favor with God and with man, 
because of your faith and you're stepping out to do something that favors automatic he don't send you out in faith without favor they can bring the president of the general motors in there to you You say, girl, where you get your nails done? I get mine done at so-and-so. Yours look nice. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? They belong to you. You're not their servant. They're there to serve you, do whatever they need to do to get that whatever you want in your hands. Our favor with God is blood-bought. That's why it can't be overridden. That's why it can't be negated. And nobody can explain to you what standard God uses to grant favor to you. You just got to believe that it's there. If you don't find it there, then it'll be at the next place. You got me? So you go back and talk to God some more and and find out what needs to be done. But favor, don't go in there thinking you're in faith and then you want to beg for everything. And you don't have to be arrogant either. You understand what I'm saying? Get at it. The arrogant people always pay the most. That's why instead of winding up with a car that God would gladly give us with no note, most people wind up with a note. Now I realize we got to get places. Now I'm not condemning buying anything on credit. But don't put it on Facebook and splash it and talk about all that God's doing for you. Hey, he, we all got a car. Now when you get some sick people out of some wheelchairs, then put it on Facebook, okay? Running that weak stuff over God's people. Favor with God. How do you, you get favor the same way you get faith. You can't have favor without faith. So the things that you do to strengthen your faith, build your faith, increase your faith are the same things you do to have uh, favor. Favor with God comes through worshiping him. Through prayer, through fasting. Through obedience to the word, to his promptings. Don't be so fond of overriding what God tells you to do or putting off what he tells you to do. Because I tell you right now, he got a lot of people he can use for a lot of things. Huh? Some of us are yet waiting for stuff. Huh? So it's not like he waiting for us to get up and do something for him. It's always something. When he gives you something to do, you are going to be the principal beneficiary of what comes out of that. So with God comes uh, favor with God comes through worship, prayer, fasting, meditating, reading the word, obedience to the word. Favor with man comes from God because he reveals what he has placed in you to man. I'm going to say it again. Favor with God comes to you because God reveals to whoever you're dealing with what he's placed inside of you. It makes you irresistible. You got it? 
I don't care if you didn't comb your hair this morning. You got flip-flops on. and Huh? People will say things like, I just want to do this for you. No, just wait a minute. I'm going to call one more person and see if we can get this for you. Because for some reason, I don't want you to leave here without this. When you have favor with man that's placed on you by God, people want to help you be a part of what you are doing. And they may not know why. In fact, many of them will tell you they don't know why. People want to bless you because they want to have something of what you have. That's why I say don't go in there begging, but don't go in there arrogant and turning people off and try to act like you own the world. Because if you own the world, you can go anywhere and get what they got and they know it. And they'll let you go too. If you're going to be too much trouble for certain people. Huh? So people will want to bless you because they see themselves as receiving a part of what you have. Now they may not know it like that or be able to say it. But if they don't want you to leave without something, if they tell you just give me one more day, I'll, that's favor. And they know you're serious about what you say you want and the way you want it. And they will make sure that they, before they call you back, they will have the goods. You got me? They will have the goods. Favor is desirable and contagious. Because when you bless, when people bless you, God blesses them. So then they sense that that's part of what they're after. It's not just a sale. It's going to be something over and above that. And they sense that that's coming to them if they'll, if they'll bless you and do what you ask. We said favor cannot be earned or purchased. It must be conferred. It's just slapped on you. Favor is an aspect of faith that comes to the humble. The less you rise up in the flesh, the more favor you have. Somebody told me Pat Robertson built CBN totally by faith. And and when I say totally by faith, I mean they they say things, "Well, you know what? Uh, we were looking at this all this because well, they built that university, you know, somebody I think donated land to them many years ago like in the 70s. And uh they started building it building by building. And as the buildings came together, they needed furnishings for it. And I think Pat Robertson's father had been a diplomat or something. You know, they had lived wealthy, you know. They were. And so, but he let all that go in order to serve God. But when you come into kingdom, some of your wealthy tastes stay on you. You understand what I'm saying? And he liked oriental rugs. And if you go in the lobby of, of their headquarters, you'll see these humongous oriental rugs. You know, and they're decorated around. And and they said, I don't know what that is about Brother Pat, but whatever we ever needed for decorating, he would just get on his knees and he said, well, the Lord's going to provide. And, you know, and he said pretty soon there was a truck out there with all this stuff in it. 
Priceless things. Huh? Priceless things. Why? They want to bless him. And at that time, nobody really knew who he was. You got me? But he was doing it all with God's favor by faith through prayer. Because he knew God would give him the desires of his heart, just like his word says. And so there are people, folks, who understand faith enough to be able to work these miraculous things. And if we'll listen to them, and because he's not doing any more than you or I could do. He just has confidence in it. Maybe more discipline, better habits, fewer excuses for why I can't pray today or why. You understand what I'm saying. He just goes at it. He understands he's developed relationship with God where God can trust him. And that's another aspect of favor. God favors those people he knows he could trust. When God came to Mary and offered her to be the mother of his earthly son. She asked one or two questions and then she went all in. When I say all in, I mean everything. She bet the farm on it. Were we in Luke chapter 1? I'm going to read it to you. I got time, Shannon? No! What do I do? Luke one twenty six, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to Galilee, a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her. Hail you who are highly favored, highly favored. Say, that's me. Thank you. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And don't nobody get the rosary out. Just save it. Clutching your beads. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and was wondering, cast in her mind, wondering what this is about. And the angel said, fear not, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you shall conceive in your womb, etc., etc. She had one question. Amen one question how is this going to happen i'm not married yet amen when she asked that question she asked it out of ignorance and innocence huh and when you ask out of ignorance and innocence and you get an answer that answer should dispel your doubt so The fact that she had doubt did not disqualify her. But in her asking, she was seeking to remove the doubt. If in your asking, you're seeking to get another option, it's not going to work. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be blessed and highly favored, but if there's some nonsense going on here, I want no parts of it. You got me? So she was right to check the angel out. Huh? To make sure he was giving her stuff from God. And when he explained to her that the Holy Spirit would be the one to overshadow her and cause her to conceive, she said, oh, well, if it's God, I'm all in. 
You understand? That's what justified people do. That's all you want to do. Once you find out about that it's God, you need to be all in. What are you holding back for anyway? Waiting on a better offer to come along? She said, oh, well, in that case, just let it happen. Let it just like you said. That's what I want to see happen. Some of us are waiting on something. We don't know what it is, but we have yet to be all in with God. You understand what I'm saying? I was, what was that lady's name? She was a basketball, women's basketball coach. Ooh, the lady balls. Uh, ooh. But she had a star player. Her name was Shamika something. And it was her senior year, and they were down in, and she knew, the coach knew, she'd looked at her and knew she'd played better than that. And when they had their little huddle, she singled her out. She said, what are you holding back for? This is your senior year. This is your last opportunity. If you're going to go for it, you need to go for it now. And whatever was stifling that girl from being all in with that team, it broke. And she went all out, flat out did the best she could and they won so there are many people in the body of christ waiting on something else to happen before they go all in with god just like people that jesus called i gotta go bury my father oh i just got married you don't want me oh my wife at home she's gonna kill me if i don't come home every night you understand what i'm saying and he's offering them the kingdom a kingdom that cannot be moved cannot be if you believe that then you need to be all in If you believe this kingdom cannot be shaken, you need to not hold nothing back from God and give him everything today. What are we waiting for? I'm waiting to get my answer to prayer now. When I I get to I've been waiting to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds. All right, 50. But who's counting? You understand what I'm saying? put off the weight put off just go all in see what god has for you you give it all to him you quit holding back and well you know oh pastor barb she's a little fanatical yeah so what i don't care i ain't ashamed of it i've been a fanatic for worse i think i'm on the right track now amen (laughs) i want to be i want to go all out are you kidding me i've been all out for god since i've been saved I don't hold anything back. I had nothing when he found me. So what am I going to hold back? (laughs) Nothing. And that's the same for anybody who thinks they're waiting on something better. Don't be discouraged. Don't, don't, it's coming. Whatever it is you believe God, stay in faith. It's up to you to make it happen, really. You just pick up your faith and keep going with it. Amen. You got discouraged. You let go. You did this. You did repent and pick it up again and keep going with it because God still has good things for you. Amen. He's got great things for all of us. All right. We can stop. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for goodness and mercy. That Thank you for favor with God and with man. Thank you, Lord. Anybody we have to stand before we own them. They will do what we command because that's your word. So, Lord, I thank you for blessing us, helping us, keeping us.
Thank you, Lord. Also bless our bread and our water. Take sickness from the midst of us. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives, helping us. Thank you, Lord, for prophecy that helps us to settle down and stay in faith, stay faithful to you. And we give you all glory and honor and praise. All right, let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, I am healed. Amen, amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.